Praise the Lord and welcome to Cross Time with Pastor Curtis. I'm Pastor Curtis Hutchinson here on a beautiful Friday morning here in the studio where we broadcast live every Friday morning. And uh, recently we have broadcasted here at least 20 sessions, 20 teachings on Bible faith and light of the cross. And uh, this morning, I guess we could have done another one with that title, but I've retitled what we're going to be teaching on now for uh, today, maybe a couple, two or three weeks, maybe just today, I really don't know yet, but it's very important uh, topic entitled The Law of Faith. And I believe we're going to find in the Word of God there's much to be said about that and some very interesting things that the Lord will give us, He will put on the table for us to partake of because He's been able to bring us back to the seeing, the hearing, and the receiving place, which is faith in the cross of Christ and there alone does God offer to commune with us and to impart to us. And, uh, you know, and, I, and I don't mean to be ugly, but if we don't agree with that, then we're just acting out religion, acting out uh, only through our flesh, what we are, what we're calling Christianity and the fruit of the spirit. But our faith has to be uh, consciously in every day in the work carried out by Christ at Calvary. And when He, the Lord, is able to get us back to that place as Christians, then He can begin to brighten the vision that we have, and He can begin to. Uh, give us more of what there is in the Word of God from Genesis to Revelation hidden, not from us, but for us. And we're going to see some powerful things today. And I believe the Lord is going to bring some things to our attention, maybe that we've never seen before, or maybe that we have, and the light will just get brighter. But as the Apostle Paul said to the church in Rome, when he wrote to them in chapter 1 of Romans, that he wanted to hurry up and get there. And please pray for a prosperous journey for me to get there uh, because I, I want to impart a spiritual gift unto you. And then, then, he, then he starts talking about how it's going to happen because I'm not ashamed of the gospel. And when I get there, I'm going to preach the gospel because that's the impartation place. And if we ever get away from the message of the cross... In, 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 in the entirety of God's Word, we're, we're, we've walked away from the seeing place, the hearing place, and the impartation place. And get this, the only place where we can look and see as in a mirror the glory of the Lord that we're being conformed into, changed into, 2 Corinthians 3.18 and Philippians 3 and 10 says it's His death we're being made conformable to. So we have to look at the Word of God, absolutely, from Genesis to Revelation, but we look at the Word of God through faith in the living Word of God and what He did at Calvary so that the Holy Spirit can impart the truths of God's Word into our hearts as He guides us into all truth. So never forget that. He's, he is showing those that He has been able to bring back to the seeing place, the hearing place and the receiving place, things that have not been talked about in since the early church. Things, things are being revealed now that have always been there that the church has never really understood. And how can you say that, Pastor Curtis? Because the Bible says through the prophet Daniel that knowledge would increase in the last days. We are in the last days. And knowledge is increasing. And I believe that to mean the knowledge of our Savior, the knowledge of the Son of God, that, that the more we look at Him and His redemptive work, the more we will see why God had to finalize that before the foundation of the world. That is what makes our God our rock, unmovable rock of salvation because it, it, it was planned before man 
was put on the earth and everything set in motion, the Lamb was slain before the foundation of the world. And He is an unmovable rock. He has one way. It's Jesus is called a rock of offense and a stone of stumbling. For those who stagger it, the one way He can be seen properly, heard properly, and received from properly, which is through faith in His sacrifice. Outside of that, it's just a whole lot of carnal wisdom of men operating in the flesh, and we'll stamp the Holy Spirit on it. But God's bringing a remnant out of all the golden calf building, all of the misconceptions, all of the deceit and deception. Nobody's perfect. Nobody's got it all together. But we got a perfect word from God. Hallelujah. His word is perfect. Hallelujah. His word is pure and it has no flaws in it. These words will give us spirit and life. Hallelujah. The life of the Spirit. So let's look today in this part one of the law of faith uh, on this 22nd day of October 2021. And you can find what we teach and preach and everything we do here uh, at Crossway Church on the YouTube channel, which is Curtis Hutchinson 316, the website, thecrosswaychurch.com. And if you have a smartphone, you can get the Spreaker app. And I have gone over now 800 messages on there. That's just the Spreaker app, audio form, for you to follow along every week, everything we do, everything we teach and preach it's there for you. And uh, let me say this because we're dealing with it more and more every day. The product that we have uh, for offer here for donations is on the website, thecrosswaychurch.com. Just click on the store icon and there you'll see the CD series that we have available. You'll see Angel Pieces CD. You'll see my little 62-page booklet I wrote, All God's Works Are Done in Truth, Psalms 33 and 4. And these things are there for you and uh, you'll see the prices there. Avail yourself to these great uh, opportunities to learn more about the truth of God's Word in its righteous context, which is always Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. Romans chapter 3 is where we'll begin this morning as we begin our discussion on the law of faith. And I believe we'll see some profound things. I believe the Lord will impart to us today uh, that which we need. Uh, sometimes He gives us things that just turns the light on and blesses our hearts and He guides us into a greater light of who He is uh, through our faith and what He has said. And uh, we're going to see this. And before we get, let's read this scripture this morning Romans 3 and 23 through 27. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Powerful words in that one verse. By his grace through what he did at Calvary, the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God has set forth to be a propitiation. That word means the mercy seat, the, the covering of the mercy seat. Look it up. You'll find it to be true. Being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God has set forth to be a propitiation through faith in his blood to declare his righteousness for the remission of sins that are passed through the forbearance of God. To declare, I say, at this time his righteousness, that he might be just and the justifier of him which believes in Jesus. Where is boasting then? It is excluded, my friends. By what law? Of works? No, but by the law of faith. The law of faith, the first thing we have to understand, what we've seen here in the scripture, the law of faith means our boasting in anything that we do has been excluded. 
Our boast in anything we do in that we might be saved, in that we might be sanctified, in that we might be growing spiritually by what we do, God said that boasting has been excluded. Why? Because all that's under the law of the old covenant and the law of the old covenant is gone away. It's been done away with, abolished that the new law might come into being. And we know that from Hebrews chapter 7, verse 12. The Bible says because the priesthood changed, we're no longer under the old Levitical Aaronic priesthood, but we have a new high priest. His name is Jesus Christ, hallelujah, the Son of the living God that gave His life for us as the Lamb of God. We have a new high priest. And the Bible says in Hebrews 7 and 12 that because the priesthood changed, there was a necessity, it was necessary that the law also change. And that means the new law is the law of the spirit of, of life in Christ Jesus, Romans 8, 2, but it's also the law of faith. It's also the law of Christ. The law of Christ, the law of faith, the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, they're all wrapped up in the new high priest, Jesus. They're all wrapped up in the new offering that was His blood at the cross. They're all wrapped up in the redemptive plan of God and its declaration from that place, the cross and the, the death of Jesus. And we've got to understand that. The law of faith, let, let's just get down in a kindergarten level. Anything that is, anything that is law means it's word. All law is given by word. Think about God the first time He approaches Adam after He's formed him of the dust of the ground and breathed life-giving spirit and, and, and air into him and he, he becomes a living soul, the Bible says, and the Lord places him in the Garden of Eden. And the Bible says in Genesis chapter 2, verse 16, And the Lord God commanded the man, all the trees in the garden you may freely eat. Just don't eat off the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. In the day you eat of that tree, you shall surely die. God shows up and God gives commands. God gives, uh, uh, try not to take this the wrong way. There's only one way to take it. <coughs> God gives ultimatums. John 3.16 is an ultimatum. Uh, whosoever believes uh, God so loved the world that, that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever should believe upon Him shall have everlasting life. There's an ultimatum in that that you won't get everlasting life if you don't believe on Him. It says, and they will never perish. You, we will not perish if we believe upon the Son of God. But if we don't believe upon the Son of God, we shall perish. That is, my friends, an ultimatum. That is a command. We'll see in this teaching that God's words are words of command and order and direction, instruction. And, and we've got to understand that. I, I love what the Lord has recently shown me about uh, His word being for doctrine for instruction, for reproof, uh, for uh, these things. But he says, but it's in righteousness. I want you to hear that again. 2 Timothy 3 and 16. Uh, let's just turn over there and look at it so we don't mess it up. 2 Timothy 3, 16. You got your Bibles. Jump over there. I want you to see it. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God. That means it's God breathed to men. And it's profitable for doctrine for, notice the F-O-R. It's profitable for doctrine. All Scripture is profitable for reproof. All Scripture is profitable for correction. All Scripture is profitable for instruction. Notice the last two words in righteousness, only if it's used in its righteous context, which is always speaks of the righteous one and what he did at the cross, his righteous work. 
Never forget God is only pleased with His Son. He's only pleased with the work He perfected and completed at Calvary. Therefore, for our faith to function properly, it has to be in Christ and His work on the cross. My friend, that is the root of the law of faith. That's the root and the avenue, only avenue, through which this faith works according to law. It's the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. That means what he did at Calvary, the law of faith. So I hope you've made a note of 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. The word of God is very profitable for the things we just read here if it's in righteousness. Let me say this. If we're trying to have doctrine, it won't be sound unless it's in righteousness. If we're trying to bring a reproof, it'll only be carnal and fleshly unless it's in righteousness. I, I, I hope you're getting this. That means through the view of Christ and His work at Calvary. If we're trying to bring correction, this is why there's so many... Uh, church splits and, and just big blowouts in the church because we try to use God's Word for correction and it's profitable for correction but only if it's in righteousness. And we saw where we'll go back to in just a moment, Romans 3, that the declaration, the revealing of, the, the impartation of, the experience of any of God's righteousness, whether it's becoming righteous at the initial born-again moment, or if it's daily bearing forth those fruits of righteousness, it's going to be because of our faith is in the cross, my friend. And if that's not the case, then we're just stamping the Holy Ghost on a whole lot of things. It's not the Holy Ghost. And I know that can be a hard saying for a lot of folks. And I've been there. We have to get still for a moment and, and come to the conclusion that a lot of things, if we're honest, we will come to the conclusion a lot of things we've stamped the Holy Ghost on hasn't been in righteousness, meaning it ain't Him. It's not Him. Get that again. If we're trying to bring correction, whether it's to our children, uh, our congregation, uh, or one-on-one individuals that we're trying to minister, minister to, if we're using God's Word to bring correction, it's got to be in righteousness or it's just our carnal flesh. And that's just a fact of the Word of God. But it's for instruction. We, we try, for years I tried to give people Scripture concerning their problems, their issues, that obviously they said they were having. Well, here's the Scripture for that particular issue. But unless I point them to the cross of Christ where the price was paid and the experience, only experience of deliverance of any type from God's going to take place, then the, then the Word, it's just... It's just word. It's in righteousness. That means through faith in the cross. That's where we get our phrase from. Every word of God's got to be dipped in the blood of Jesus or it's out of context. It's not in righteousness. And you can't make up your own definition, my friend. You can't say the word righteous or righteousness or righteousness is. You can't say the word or think the word properly unless you're looking to the righteous one who completed, perfected, and finished the the righteous work at Calvary. All God's Word has to be seen in that light. And if we're declaring the truth of God's Word, the Bible says righteousness will be the picture. It's what we'll see. Proverbs 12 and 17. He that speaks truth shows forth righteousness. Hallelujah. Yes, God's Word is truth and all God's words are in righteousness. Proverbs 8 and 8. And and. And Jesus declared that God's words were words of truth also in John 17. But, but if we hold them out of their context, which is righteousness, and here we see the confirmation of that again. All, the context of all of God's words are in righteousness. Not, righteousness. Not only are they in righteousness, the context of them. The context of God's word is not prayer or fasting, or these topics. There are many doctrines in the Bible, but if they're not being learned in righteousness, 
they're out of context. That means in light of Christ and His cross. Not Get this now. Not just because of the blood. We hear that a lot. Everything comes through Jesus and what He did at Calvary. And I think a lot of Christians think that means, well, yeah, I was saved 10 years ago, 30 years ago. Now everything just comes through. But no, no, my friend, <coughs> because we have the book, the letter to the Galatian church, we better be very careful how we view that statement that all things come through Christ and the cross. That means today. That means today I must have my faith in that work today. If I move the object of my faith to some other program, some other thing that men have crept in and brought into the church, that's not the righteous avenue of God and it won't get us there and He only leads in the righteous path that He's laid before us. We're in big trouble. It's not just because of the cross, but our faith is there today. When we see the Scriptures, if we see them in the proper light, it will be the light of righteousness that only is declared through Jesus and what He accomplished at Calvary. Never forget that. This is a part of the increase of knowledge God is pouring into the church today. Most won't get it because it's going to come through little nobody preachers out on the backside of the desert that don't have a big this and a big that and a big gift like they and a gift like that. It's going to come through those who the Lord has found on the backside of the desert who are trusting in that finished and beautiful, complete work at the cross and he's going to begin to open the scriptures like never before for it is the only avenue of scripture being opened to man's heart righteousness righteousness hallelujah let's go back now to Romans 3 and let's see this again in, before we move on verse 27 where is boasting then it is excluded. And what Paul means by that is you're not going to boast in anything you're doing before God. It's excluded. There is no one that's ever been able to keep any law. So why are you boasting in your keeping of the law? The boast should have been for the Pharisees and the Sadducees and all of Israel in that provision God made because they never could keep the law. That's why the Holy Spirit through Paul said, God forbid we boast in anything but Christ and Him crucified through which we're separated, crucified to the world and the world separated and crucified unto us. See, the Pharisees and the Sadducees took their boast out of what God did so He could see them clean through the blood and their boast was in a deceitful, deceptive way that we can do this. Let me say something to us born-again, spirit-filled Christians. We still can't do this. Jesus said, I can't do anything without Him. And that means I can't do anything without trusting in that which He did that pleased and satisfied our God. Hallelujah. Where is boasting then? It is excluded. By what law? Of works? Not hardly. No, no way. But by the law of faith. Therefore, we conclude that a man is justified by faith without the deeds of the law, meaning not what he did. See, listen, don't just turn away from folk who are trying to say you got to do something yourself to get saved. Don't just turn away from them. Turn away from them and run as fast as you can. They don't understand grace. They're eliminated from grace. I hope you understand that. When anybody tells you that you have a part to play in salvation other than believing with the heart unto righteousness, meaning Jesus and what He did at Calvary, you run from them. I don't care if it's your spouse or your parent or your children or your best friend or that. It doesn't matter who they are. You must turn from them. For they have a form only among men of godliness while they are denying the power of God. Paul told Timothy that would be prevalent in the last days. It was huge in his day, but it's even bigger now. 
And he also, uh, Titus wrote this in chapter 1 verse 16, they profess that they know God, but they deny Him in their works. Our works, my friend, there will be works that follow one's born-again experience. I want you to understand that. They're in Christ Jesus, though. They're, they're not outside of Christ Jesus. Let's keep this very simple. You're going to love this if you have a heart for truth and you want to know the truth and, and, you, and you want to live according to the truth and not what men or your parents or whoever has taught you all your life. You just want to know what's right. You, want, you have an honest heart and you want to know what's right. All the works that we're ordained by God to walk in, Ephesians 2 and 10, are in Christ. That means before you're born again, there are no works that God will be pleased with in your life. You have to believe that Jesus was the Son of God, that He paid the price for you to be forgiven of your sins, and that God raised Him on the third day. When you believe that from the heart, you've believed unto righteousness, then you're born again and instantly in Christ before you've ever done a work. If you're being taught, get this now, this is kindergarten level truth. If you're being taught that you have to do something, that you have to play a part in your salvation to truly be saved, if all the works are in Christ and you're not in Christ until you're born again, then no works outside of that being in Christ God accepts. All the works and the only works He accepts in our lives are the works that we find in Christ Jesus. And that simply means through faith in His death. In. We were immersed into His death. We were crucified with Him. Romans 6 and 3, Galatians 2 and 20, and Romans 6, 6 and 7. Write those down. Look at those. You weren't immersed into the body of Christ by getting water baptized. If you think you were, you're still without the grace of God because you think you had a part to play. That water baptism, my friend, is, is, is a work of obedience because you're already in Christ. If you think that you have to be water baptized, that's something you're doing and some other preacher who's putting you under, that's a work that's only symbolic. If you think you have to do that, physically carry that out to get into Christ, you've got to remember the only works God honors are in Christ. You can't do a work yourself to get into Christ. He did the work, opened the door at the cross and declared His righteousness and only from there can you gain access into his death. Hallelujah. you got to die with him to be buried and raised to newness of life with him. See how kindergarten that is? A lot of you will hear that, and but you will still honor someone else. And it's someone else's word that you honor instead of the word of God that you've heard. Therefore, faith can't come. Therefore, you're not functioning by the law of faith. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Faith is a law. It's of a law. Amen. Faith is a law. And it's only of a law. Let's go back to what I said initially at, at, during the broadcast. All law is a decreed word. The law of faith is a decreed word. The living word, Jesus Christ, and what He did at Calvary. Outside of that work and my faith in that work, then, then, then I'm, Jesus is not going to be a part of my life. Even if I've been saved, I've been born again, I've been filled with the Spirit, but now I've made the focus and, and the climax of my Christian living some other object of, of works or something. And listen, all Christians have done this at some point or another. And only those who have awakened unto righteousness, only those who realize how wretched they are without the work that removes the wretchedness at Calvary are going to come back to that. No Christians are going to come back to the seeing, the hearing, and the receiving place until God shows them through many hardships and many, many bad things, he's, going to, he's trying to get them to see what they're trusting in. It's not really working for them. They just 
deceitfully and being deceived think it is, even declare it is, teaching that it is, but it can't work because there's boasting in everything even if we're claiming we're boasting in what Christ is doing through these other things. That's a false boast, my friend. Our boast is only properly received of God and biblically proper if it's in the cross of Christ. Galatians 6.14 God forbids that we boast in anything other than what gave us life and offers the experience of that life daily and the experience of those works that are in Christ through faith in His death, not just initially, my friend, but every day of our lives. Hallelujah to the Lamb. Therefore, we conclude that a man is justified by faith without the deeds of the law. Everybody good this morning? Now, we're talking about the law of faith. We're talking about all of God's words being law. Let's bring that on the scene. All of God's words are law. They're optional as to whether we will believe them or not, but He speaks them as commands. God gives ultimatums. Let's get back to that. He doesn't, he, when they come from Him, although we have an option if we'll believe them or not as to whether we'll serve the sin nature unto death, Romans 6.16, or we'll serve obedience unto righteousness. Love that word, hallelujah, points me to Jesus and that powerful climax of His ministry that took place in His death at Calvary. We have a choice. It's optional whether we will obey that's the key word or whether we will not obey the gospel that form of doctrine we're going to look at that in this lesson, lesson in this teaching we have an option but the word of God doesn't come to us in option. It comes to us in a command. I was a Marine years ago and we never received options from our commander-in-chief. He gave commands. Now of course there was always an option I could choose whether to do what he said or to disobey but there's consequences either way you go. There's good consequences for obedience and there was very ugly consequences for disobedience. It's the same way spiritually. God's words are not optional. The only thing that's optional is what I do with them. Because I'm a human being created by God with choice. Even those that are out there today calling themselves atheists and or Satan worshippers, God, the, the very choice that they're manifesting, experiencing, to choose, to be able to choose to go and say there's not a God, or to say that Satan is God, or, or to say the tree frog is God, all that's their choice. One day it's going to make them some mad they're going to gnash their teeth plumb out of their head forever and ever in darkness but they're going to come to this conclusion in that day if they don't get saved is that the choice they were operating by was God given God gave us the opportunity to choose whether we'll trust Him or whether we'll say He don't even exist the choices they get to have freely choosing They're doing that because God's letting them. Hallelujah. See, God's behind everything, praise be to God. But let me say it again to stay on track here today because we're talking about the law of faith. And God's, and this faith only comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. All God's words are law. The psalmist that would declare... Many times as you read the book of Psalms, the the writers would say, Thy law is truth. And show me thy wonderful truths of thy law. And and, and God's word is law. It's absolutely law. That means that God's word is forever. God's word is forever settled in heaven, the scriptures say. God's words are unchangeable. God's words are unmovable. God's words are, are God himself. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God and the word 
was God, is God. Hallelujah. It's unmovable. The only thing that changes is our understanding of the Word of God if it's changing in the light of the the Word that became flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld the glory as of the only begotten of the Father. That's John 1 and 14, hallelujah. But but he, he is an unmovable rock of salvation. His words are law. If faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God and we're told that, we, that, that the law that we have now, a law of faith, that means... It's just confirmation. God's words are law. And one of the most powerful things we've heard this morning is that the option is in our heart whether we'll believe it or not. But they do not, God's words do not come to us as options. They come as commands. And we'll prove that out in the Scripture as the Holy Spirit helps us this morning. Let's look at 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 21. This has become a very profound and very enlarged light in my heart over the past year. And I want you to hear it. I want you to see it. I pray God impart it to you, that which you need to see this morning. Uh, uh, 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 21. For it had been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than after they have known it. That don't mean just heard about it and got close to it. Known it means experienced it. For it had been better for them not to have even ever known the way of righteousness than after they have known it to turn from the holy commandment delivered unto them. Did you see that? Did you see that? The way of righteousness is a holy commandment. Peter puts it all right here in one verse. (laughs) We'll see it in a minute, but I'll bring it up now. Paul refers to this same thing when he says, when you obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine, you were made free from sin and you became servants of righteousness. But he, 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 Paul, instead of saying when you believe that form of doctrine, which is what we did, it's what we did, but see, God sees it in a different light. God sees obedience under righteousness, faith in the cross of Christ Jesus, as obedience. Far more than just believing it. it. By believing in the truth of the gospel, we become obedient in God's eyes. Not because I see something in the Bible and go do it. Lost people can do that. In the flesh, carnally, you know. But they can't do it in the eyes of God that's accepted unto God unless they're doing it through Christ Jesus. Get that. The Christian can't even carry out biblical principles and biblical commands for the church to function in today unless they're doing it through Christ Jesus. And that means faith in His finished work where the power of God comes, the, the offer of us being righteousness comes, the offer of us bearing fruit again today after being saved 50 years, uh, the, the opportunity to bear fruit of that, righteous, that, that righteousness comes again today. You've got to understand that. So Peter equates the way of righteousness with a holy commandment. And I also want to point out something else about this Bible verse here. The destruction, the eternal torment of destruction will be far worse in hell for those who knew this way, experienced this way, and turned away from this way. That's what the Bible says. If it be better that I never knew it, for me in hell than me to have known it and turned away from it and go to hell. Then I need to see something about I need to pay attention to that. Now I know there are many people today who teach, well, if you're really saved, you won't turn away from it. Uh, <clears throat> after all that's written in the New Testament, who made them judge? God's Word is judge. And I know what they say. 
these once saved, always saved, this, uh, you know, and, and, and you can be saved always if you were once saved. You can be. But their question is always the same. Well, wh- where does that leave our uh, eternal assurance if you lose your salvation? Let me tell you something, friend. Your eternal security and your eternal assurance is in Christ. <laughs> if you continue in Christ, you'll be His disciples and you'll cross that finish line and you won't have to worry about turning away from righteousness and it be greater damnation than for those who never even knew it. Your assurance is in Christ. Don't walk away from Christ. But you've got to be careful, my friend, because many have walked away from Christ because they've walked away from His way of righteousness. It's the cross. The cross is just not exclusively, let me say this right, the cross is not held in an exclusive place. I'm still not saying it right. The cross is not just what got us in the kingdom. It's what allows us by faith in that to go through this journey of life. Not the purpose driven the government of 12 and the things that I do that I can say, look what I've done, or even try to attribute them to God. They're not of God. God gave His righteous Son, who lived a righteous and perfect life, a spotless life as the Lamb of God, and then offered Himself as the righteous work, the only one God's pleased with. That's why God's Word, which is always in righteousness, Proverbs 8 and 8, and now added to that list of confirmation, 2 Timothy 3, 16, in righteousness. Outside of that, you ain't stamping God on it. And if you think you can anyway, or He's just doing something anyway, read the book of Galatians and you'll see how serious the matter can be. God doesn't throw us away, so don't go out and, well, they just make it more narrow than it really is. I could never make it as narrow as it really is. I want you to hear that. I cannot make it as narrow as it really is. But Jesus did. Jesus did. And if folk won't listen to the ministers of righteousness today, don't listen. They're fooling themselves. They wouldn't have listened to Him too. And all these folks going around talking about all these negative comments that come at those preaching the message of the cross, the gospel, becoming determined like Paul to know nothing other All these accusations, especially the one that I don't even understand and I know they don't what it means. I know they think they know what it means, but they've made a law out of preaching the cross. Think about that. If, If we're told by James to look continually into the law of liberty... That's the Word of God in its liberating context, which is righteousness, the work Jesus carried out at Calvary. If we're told to continually look into the perfect law of liberty, let me ask you something. The law of liberty, where were we liberated? What did you say? The cross. The law of liberty, the law of of the cross, my friend, the law of faith, the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. That points only to the cross because that, it goes on to say there in Romans 8 and 2, that made us free from the law of sin and death. Where did that happen? Don't listen to any of the accusations and the comments that fly toward these ministers who are preaching the word of God in the context of Calvary and have determined to know nothing else. We didn't make it a law to preach the cross. God said He forbids that we boast in any other thing. And remember, God's Word is profitable for many things you read in 2 Timothy 3.16 only in righteousness, only through faith in the cross. Let's get that and make sure we don't do without. Let's read this again, 2 Peter 2 and 21. We've got about 16 minutes left. 
We're not going to make it through everything today, but we'll be back next Friday unless the Lord comes for us. Hallelujah. And I'm hoping He comes before this session's over this morning. For it had been better for them not to have known (coughs) the way of righteousness than after they have known it to turn from the holy commandment delivered unto them. The holy commandment is the gospel. It didn't come from heaven in optional form. It came as a commandment. You understand that every promise God has ever given is law. You read in the book of Deuteronomy the list, long list. If you hearken unto my voice, my goodness, the blessings are endless. But if you don't hearken unto my voice, the cursing, the list of cursing is just as long. Every promise God has ever given comes with a warning. The promise of salvation offered to all men that Jesus tasted death by the grace of God for every man. Hebrews 2 and 9 comes with a warning. Law broken has to be paid for. Jesus paid at the cross for all those who've ever broken the law that's ever breathing human being other than Him. We're all lawbreakers. Nobody's ever kept God's Word perfectly. Jesus came, kept God's Word perfectly, and then gave His life so that all the rest of humanity could have life in Him through faith in His death. And it's not... Let me say this again. This has been very good and encouraging and enlightening to me, enlightening to me, that the only place the option exists is in our hearts. God's Word does not come to us as an option. It comes in the form of a commandment. All of His words are law. And now today we're specifically speaking about the law of faith. It's the law by which God operates. It's the only law through which He's pleased. The law of faith. Within that law is the only law he's pleased. It's impossible to please God without faith. Can't do it. It's not just hard, it's impossible. He cannot be pleased among men without faith. And that being the faith of the Son of God who loved us and gave himself for us that we function by today, live by today. Galatians 2.20, Paul said that we live in this flesh body by the faith of the Son of God who loved us and gave himself for us. And if we're going to live by that faith, it's got to have the fruit of righteousness. It's got to have the fruit of of what Christ did at Calvary, for that is the work of righteousness. The law of faith, the law that God has given us to function within to please Him, to to, to see the, the benefits He tries so diligently to load us with daily. It's within the perimeters. Get this, perimeter. That's what, that's what we don't like to hear. Perimeter. You're putting God in a box. No, He's put Himself within the perimeters of laws that He's established and commanded among men. One of those is the law of faith, which excludes our boasting in any works and puts our boast in what He has accomplished in His Son at Calvary so that the works even now are Him in and through us both willing and doing of His good pleasure because He finds this law of faith in our hearts working. Hallelujah. God functions only within the law of faith. He's only satisfied among men within the law of faith. We need to understand this better. Now nobody's going to understand these things unless they're willing to be honest enough with themselves and before God 
to simply accept scriptures over any experiences. You, you Listen. Jack Daniels will give you an experience. Marijuana will give you an experience. Also, any music will give you some kind of experience. We can never live by faith in an experience. Our faith must be doctrinally sound. It must be, doc, you can't just say, well, I believe this because I experienced this. A guy told me one time, he said, he said my daddy was a Mormon. He died a Mormon. I'm a Mormon and I'll die a Mormon. You can't tell me that, uh, that the stuff they believe is wrong. They came to my house and we cried together. And I was, I was really just blown away at that. I, I, you know, he told me he didn't want to hear anymore about what I had to offer because you couldn't, t you know, I couldn't tell him what they were offering wasn't real because they cried together. My friend, it's not just Mormons who are deceived deceitfully and, and have never even been saved. It's, it's Christians, men and women, boys and girls who have given their hearts to Christ. They've been born again through faith in what He did at Calvary and for the forgiveness of their sins, but yet immediately they begin to listen to what they must do if that salvation is real. It, it, what they must do to confirm that what they must do, Jesus Jesus completed the work and that means it cannot be added to. All the works we are allowed to walk in are only in Him and that means through faith in Him and that means through from our heart we continue to believe unto righteousness. Let me say this is very important as I prepare to close this teaching out today. What we've done is... I've noticed throughout the ages, really, of Christianity. We've used far too many scriptures just in the light of initial salvation, such as Romans 10 and 10. It's with the heart men believe unto righteousness, and then the mouth confesses unto salvation. We've used Romans chapter 10, verse 10, that very Bible verse just in the light of getting in the kingdom. But if all God's words are in righteousness, again, Proverbs 8 and 8, and everything God's word is used for is only in righteousness, 2 Timothy 3.16, then faith that comes today, 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 years after becoming initially born again, I've still got to believe God's Word in its righteous context. Again, today I have to believe unto righteousness. And then the mouth will be speaking the proper doctrine, instruction, correction, reproof in righteousness. I have to believe unto that righteous work of Christ at Calvary and the Holy Spirit will then show me the brightness of God's glory found only in Christ Amen. We can't limit any scriptures to just the born again experience unless they are specifically, unless the Word of God tells us that that's just for the born again experience. And that's not the case. God's words are spirit and their life. And that life, that life of the spirit is eternal. It's forever. That means whatever God is saying is going to have an eternal use and 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 power and 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 purpose for eternity. We need to remember that. So we didn't just exclusively believe under righteousness for just to get saved. We had to. But today ministers need to come back to this focus. Listen, you, you can't just hear what I'm saying this morning and put a check. Oh, that's good. I agree with you. Listen, if it don't grab your heart and you don't begin to help others see this avenue of righteousness more clearly, you, you don't really have it like you need it. We got, to, we got to get away from all these other topics that cannot even be understood, much less imparted, unless we're pointing to the hearing and the seeing 
and the receiving place, which is Christ and Him crucified. Know that today. Don't push that out, my friend. And please don't look at other ministers that you've honored and exalted and have on high pedestals because they're not sharing these things that they're not right. They're in the Bible. I've given you Scripture for everything we've talked about this morning. And you have an option to believe or not. But the words you've heard this morning, they're, they're, they're law. They're law. If, the, if, if faith is of a law, that means all God's words are of law. The law of faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God as a law. Not the law of doing, the law of faith, which is what Christ did. The law, inside this law, we believe Jesus did the work, finished the work. The work is so perfect I can't add to it, but I've been invited into Him to function in Him and to walk in Him in a finished work with the fruit of that finished work, not the fruit of my own hands, the fruit of that finished work. Hallelujah. That's why ministry, if it's true God called ministry, it's the ministry of righteousness. It will have the fruits of His righteousness. And I'm thankful to know that today. And I'm thankful for every one of you who are awakening unto His righteousness. You see, that is what He declared from the cross. That is what He brought us into that is what He robed us with. That is the path He set us on. And He's promised that if we hunger and thirst for His righteousness, that He will fill us. If we learn to love His righteousness, He will make our hearts glad. If we learn to seek His kingdom and His righteousness first, He will add everything to our lives and ministries that there needs to be there. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Don't turn away from the way of the cross. Don't listen to those that say you're talking about it too much because that's an impossibility. I don't want to stand before the Lord and Him look at me and say, so you really actually thought you could talk about me and my redemptive work too much. You really thought that there was a limit on what could be said about that eternal work that took place before the foundation of the world. You really thought that you could reach a, a point of, uh, of, 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 of you've got it all. No, 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 no. I don't want to hear that. I want to hear every day of my life God's words of life from Genesis, the beginning of God speaking, to the end of God speaking concerning this age that we're in, in the context through which life, the only avenue through which life comes for every step along this journey, and that's Christ and Him crucified. Thank you so much for tuning in and following along with us and learning the wonderful truths of God's Word in their righteous context where Christ is exalted and lifted up in our own lives, in our hearts. He, he, he holds the, the preeminent place of authority. We're learning. We're growing. Nobody's perfect. We're not better than anybody. But we are being equipped for the days ahead and the things that lie ahead. But also we're being equipped and prepared for our Savior's coming. Hallelujah. So we won't have to be ashamed when we see Him. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. I pray that the Father would impart the things by His Spirit we've heard today in a more concrete, absolute way that they would take root in our hearts and, 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 and cause us to walk more so than ever before in this seeing and hearing and receiving place I pray that in Jesus' name today for you and me. If anybody's watching that needs a touch in their physical body, I just believe the power's in the preaching of the gospel. And you've heard that today. You've seen that today. You've seen the exaltation of Christ through the pointing to His work, His righteousness, Him, Himself. 
And I believe the Lord can touch you right where you are and I'm asking Him to do it in the mighty name of Jesus right now, whatever that situation is. Don't forget to tune in Sunday morning at 10 a.m. We're going to be talking about learning to abide satisfied. Hallelujah. And you don't want to miss it. And uh, we've really been blessed here at Crossway Church for 16 years now. And I believe if the Lord tarries, He'll show us another 16. Praise be to God. So don't forget to sow into the ministry financially, prayerfully. You can do those things. You can give to the Lord through the preaching of this great message of reconciliation at Crossway Church by donating at thecrosswaychurch.com or you can simply text the word GIVE to the number 903-231-5950. God bless you. Have a marvelous day. Until I see you again, stay determined to know absolutely nothing but Christ and Him crucified. We'll see you then.